Phil, my handsome brother, and all of you out there listening to the Great Heavy Music Podcast. This is a special episode we're bringing you as we went to the great, the classic, the heavy Iron Maiden, saw him live. Phil, say hello to the folks at home before we dive into this kick-ass concert review we did. Yeah, hey, how you guys doing? It was pretty legit, and you missed out, so that sucks for you, but you should definitely see them if you get a chance. Totally. I mean, cat's out of the bag. It was great. What do you what do you expect from a band that's been crushing skulls for 30-plus years? Yep. Oh, and yeah. we saw them in Sunrise, Florida, the opening show, the opening release of their tour, and they didn't miss a beat. And they had 16 songs. It was the Legacy of the Beast tour. By this time of this recording, I'm sure the track list is all over the internet, so I don't feel necessarily uh, bad about it. But we wanted to give a quick insight, a quick kind of half episode for our listeners out there, just so they could get a feel for what their concert was like. And I think we should just dive right into it. Phil, you cool with that? I'm totally cool, man. Let's do it. All right. So we saw them at the... Sunrise Center, BB&T Center, which was basically a hockey arena, basketball arena, probably, what, 20,000, 30,000 people could fit in there, and it was pretty packed, yeah. wouldn't you say? It was. It was. All right, I'm going to turn on here the first track. Here's the opener. Here's the way they set the place on fire. Aces high. Now, pretty much everybody listening to this podcast is probably familiar with these songs, so I don't want to do too much of just letting them play, but we'll let it hang out here in the background. Aces High, of course, from Power Slave, an all-time classic, mm -hmm. probably one of their most famous songs, I would think, and they crushed it. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. I think it's a great opener. I was not sure what they're going to go with, but it's such it's high energy, it's epic, it's cool, it's kind of it's quick, and it's just a punch in the face it's a great song i'm so glad they did that and they came out and I, I think this was the one if i recall correctly because they had a different setup for the stage for every song they it was very theatrical they had a big plane flying out over the band and a plane flying out over the audience somewhat i think that was this song was am i right about that one phil yeah yeah it was it's the whole you know raf you know royal air force world war ii you know, that's what it, kind of what it's about. So it was a pretty nice setup, man. They have such an awesome, awesome sense of history. There's so many cool moments and battles they sing about. Yeah, and, and we'll get to it. But one of them they didn't mention was fucking Passchendaele. All no, right, so the, the next song that they jumped into was Where Eagles Dare, mm -hmm. which is from the album Peace of Mind. We're going to jump into that one here. Yeah. I'll let you take this one, Phil. What do you think? Because I think you're a connoisseur of this Peace of Mind album. Yeah, um, you know, it's arguably their best album. There's so, I mean, who, you, you can make a case for so many, so many of their albums. But uh, this one is just chock full of some of their absolute greats. And Where Eagles Dare has such a cool, relentless riff. Um, and just the way he goes, ah, you know, that just that haunting, soaring, um, you know, little hook, I guess. Um I was so glad they did that song. And it's cool that it went right after um, Aces High because it's another song that's about... Um, I don't even know if it's about like the fighting. It might be about the like the airborne troopers, but either way, it's another song about you know World War II. And, um, man, they hit that album a lot, a lot too, didn't they? Peace of mind. They went nuts on that one. Yeah, three tracks from that album, the most of any 
album. It's tied. We'll get to it. We'll let the cat out of the bag as we, you know, kind of jump into it here. There were three on Peace of Mind. There were yep. three from Number of the Beast. And I think that's it. I mean, the others I only see here on my notes was two from Power Slave. So, yeah, Peace of Mind, surprising to me, had as many as Number of the Beast and as many more than any other. So interesting to me but this is a great song and they kept the energy real high right out of the gates they really did this one's written by steve harris and i feel like he's credited on so many of their songs their bases so that's pretty really awesome the next one everybody knows and at least as far as i'm concerned two minutes to midnight what an unbelievable just when they got to this the first three i was like god damn this is going to be a real nice night yeah dude it's like and that's the great thing about a band like Maiden is you almost can't miss it. You know, they just go through their classics. They have so many. They can do two or three concerts in a, like right in a row, probably doing different songs, you know, without having to repeat. Um, I thought it was cool how he, we sang most of the chorus, um, and then he would come in at the end and did it. But he would do the two minutes, and then I think we would do it to midnight, that part, um, which is really awesome because uh, I love that chorus. I love singing that shit. And the crowd was... I mean, just really pumped and packed and high energy. The floor was full, which I kind of didn't expect for a Maiden show. No, there weren't there weren't circle pits. There weren't, you know, crowd surfers. But the the floor was still packed, and people were pushing to get to the front. And you know, great great crowd. So when he had that crowd interaction, it was classic Bruce. And the guy, I mean, he's running around the stage like he's 25 years old, but I'm pretty sure he's 60. Yeah, he's 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 just a relentless dude. I mean, he's like a force of nature, man. He just uh, just the way he carries himself. He's very theatrical too. It almost felt like a play, sort of in a way. He, he was playing a character. You know, it's really him. But it was just it was just so wild to see him run around. Totally, totally. And then the next one, you say theatrical. This was a, a really impressive theatrical setup they had on the next one, which is the Klansman. And on the Klansman. This was from an album that I candidly hadn't even listened to. It's from I hadn't heard much of it. I've heard it before. Um, I love that he had. To, he was like, not the KKK, you know. You think they wrote that song and they're like, <laughs> oh shit, oh yeah, it does sound kind of like. After they wrote that, they're like, oh man, maybe we should yeah. call it something else. <laughs> they're probably like those stupid Americans have that insane white hooded, you know, racist group called the Klan. God, they're like, oh no, right. Um, but yes. Uh, it was that was another really good one. Um, it was a, it was kind of long, um, but I still it was cool. I, not a single down moment in the, in the show, even on, even on songs you don't necessarily listen to that much. And as I recall, this was the one where he pulled out the sword and was yeah. kind of doing the, the the fighting and dancing around with the sword. And um, you know, I, I think he pulled it off. It didn't come off really cheesy. It looked cool. It did look cool, and I would absolutely be playing around with sword on stage if I could. Is this the one where he fought at the Eddie mascot? I think that's the next one. I'm pretty sure that was the trooper. Okay, all right, cool. Th- this one is from Virtual Eleven. This is the one that Blaze Bailey was singing on when Bruce was not in the band. And okay. Bl- um, Blaze rather was on two albums, and I knew that, and I had heard a couple songs, but for whatever reason, I had never listened to the Klansman. And then after the show, I went back and listened to it. It's a great, it's a great song, but it is long. I think it's nine minutes. So right. this was not one of my favorites, but they pulled it off and they did a great job with it. But the next one, of course, is a, is a crowd favorite, and that's the Trooper. And that's mm-hmm. when I'll, I'll pull that one up here now. 
the trooper again from peace of mind which i didn't even actually realize but yeah man um the trooper was the one where he ended up fighting the giant what do you say his name is eddie eddie yeah and uh he killed it he killed it <laughs> what a surprise i was but on the edge was... of my seat i thought bruce Dixon might die right there literally on stage <laughs> it looked like an actual fight to the death, and I was biting my nails like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> yeah, the clattering, shaking some flying off into the people next to me into their drinks. Yes, it was an epic fight. Um, that was a. Go- I, I love the Trooper, man. Always. I mean, who? How could you not? It's just a uh, staple. You know, if you had Iron Maiden, best of it had to be. If you could only pick ten songs, you'd have to pick the Trooper. That's I, one of without them. a doubt, without a doubt. And by this time. They were only, this is the fifth song of the set. So, you know, you're with a regular band, five songs in, or I shouldn't say regular, but a, a non-long playing metal band. You're at five songs in, you're like, you know, 15 to 20 minutes in. We were like 30 to 40 minutes in. And I'm still thinking, man, I hope they play so many other ones that I want them to get to. And fortunately for us, they did. So they kept on marching through with the third Peace of Mind track, which is Revelations. Yep. And what, um, what do you think of this one, Phil? Because this one I was not all that familiar with, I have to be candid. Because, again, I wasn't familiar oh, with man. the Peace of Mind album. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I, I've been listening to Revelations for, like, probably 10 years. And uh, I just think it's so pretty and haunting. Uh, when, he, when he says, no reason for a place like this, it's like a sad, lamenting song that it picks up. There's a lot of depth uh, to this song, I think. It really goes in a lot of different places. Um, I think there are four songs from Peace of Mind, man, because we have Flight of Icarus is from Peace of Mind, which would put you're us right, at Revelations. Right. Yep, you're right. Uh, yeah. you're right. I, re- I misread my notes. Flight of Icarus is coming up three, That's four a little songs bit further now, down. So you're right. That had the most of any album, four on yep. Peace of Mind and three on Number of the Beast. So yep. I-, I realized in leaving that concert that, man, I got to get into that album. Dude, you have to get in. Dude, when he says the light of the blind, you'll see. Oh, my God. It's so, like, ominous and badass. And uh, I really wish I could. I mean, you can kind of read the lyrics and figure out what they're saying. But I just really want to. I really want to ask him exactly what inspired them to write that song. It's obviously religious in nature. Yeah, that was interesting to me, too, because they have this historical feel. But it's in being at the concert, it seemed to me that there was a serious religious undertone too but i don't know that it was because they're believers or you know proselytizing it seemed more that they were just interested in the history of the church and the crusades and you know the wars involving religion and that sort of stuff right right although you know you didn't get your iron maiden bible that they handed out oh i missed that dude (laughs) you fucking call yourself a fan (laughs) um no um, yes i agree i think it's probably some overlap i'm sure they wouldn't mind singing about religious themes I don't really know the belief status of them, but yeah, there's so much obviously so much history intertwined with religion, so it stands to reason they would go there. We we do know um, their stance on marijuana because I I don't know if it was right. this song or the one before where Bruce was saying basically, I don't smoke that shit and neither should you, but if you do, go ahead and do it, and we don't you know tell people what to do, but you're right. a loser if you do it. <laughs> basically, he was like, yeah, that's cool, yeah, you're gross. I'm like, all right, well, that's fine. And then, you know, secretly, I'm like, well, I just lost a lot of respect for you, Bruce. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, He's from an older time, I guess. He thought it was such a hippie crap to do. Yeah. All those pranksters in their cars getting doped yeah. up. Yeah. 
All right, so let's go to the next one. For the greater good of God. This one is a matter of life and death. Yep. The only this track one, from that album. I'm glad they hit that album up. I was, uh, I think it's one of their more forgotten albums, even though it's really not bad at all. I knew you liked that one. I remember you had told me some years ago about that album, and, and I summarily ignored your advice and never listened to it. But I thought oh. I, when I heard this, I said to myself, I got to ask Phil today if he thinks that was the best choice to pull from that album. Uh, hmm. <laughs> no, I don't think it's my. F that's tough to say. Let me look at the track listing so I don't I don't forget anything. And be like, oh my gosh, I said that. Because um, they're, oh God, it's a great album. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll show you right now what I think would have been the best one. Just let me know. Probably the longest day. How long? On this longest day. I like that one the most. That would have been my favorite one. Well, but, maybe it's not too late. I think the tour is still going. All right, all right I want to meet him up. As soon as they listen to this episode, all of you out there who are yet to see this tour, Legacy of the Beast, thank Phil Collins because he just righted that ship. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, I'll send this right to Bruce. I'll get right on that. Good. And changes are going to be made. I'll, I'll throw in Passchendaele, too. Yes. I know you like it. Yes. Thank you. Because right <laughs> now we're going to go from For the Greater Good of God to The Wicker Man, which is oh fucking God. great. Yeah. Oh, I love that song so much. It's got the cool lyrics, too, doesn't it? Damn. And the only one from Brave New World, which Brave New World and Seventh Son of a Seventh Son are my two little favorite. And, yeah. you know, it's like, well, I mean, I understand why, because they got so many fucking hits, but this song, they crushed this song. If they would have played Out of the Silent Planet, I would have lost my mind. Um, I love that song. And I like A Thin Line Between Love and Hate and Blood Brothers. Oh, my God. I know. I can't Blood believe they didn't play Blood Brothers. That, but Brave New World's so good. Brave New World is excellent, but they played this one and they played it to a T. I mean, we haven't mentioned this at all. They sound exactly like the album in the positive ways, but the live sound in the positive ways too. It's not so identical that you feel like you wasted your time because you could have just listened to the album, but it was so tight and perfect and, and they nailed all the notes and the solos and the, the vocals were excellent that it sounded album quality. Am I, am I fair in that analysis? Yeah, man, I was surprised. Yeah, definitely being fair, because I, I remember being surprised that they were that good. Not that I thought it was going to be bad. I knew it was going to be good. But, you know, they're older. I've been doing this a long time. And these songs are pretty hard to sing. Like, you th he didn't even, like, at no point did he fail to hit a note or even come close to it. And I was really blown away. I mean, the guy can just, like, do it automatically. It seems like he could wake him up out of bed and he would just, he could just do it. Yep. Uh, Born to it, do this. Right, and didn't miss a single beat. I was really uh, surprised. It makes it sound like I was going to be pessimistic, but I really was surprised by how, how good they were. You know what it was? His vocal cords are in top quality on account of not smoking pot. That's all that pot he doesn't smoke, man. <laughs> He's so right. Bruce is right once again. Converting. What can I say? He's converting me. Well, all right, let's go to the next song. I think this one had... Uh, this was a song I had never heard, but I think it had one of my favorite elements of the stage theater and this is the sign not the sign of the cross but sign of the cross mm -hmm. and it's from the album the x factor the x factor yeah and remember this is the one where he was running around the stage with that green lantern type thing 
shot oh, way good. out into the crowd, and he had this, I, I think it was like, a, if I remember correctly, a big kind of black robe over him with a hood, and it was just kind of... I, I, he almost remembered like Mr. Hyde or something. Yeah, it was, Some it was something like, about it was like Sleepy Hollow-esque or... Right. It was just majestic, but in a kind of fantasy forest type way. So that kept me captivated, even though the song was not one that I was familiar with. And it was a long one. I think this is a 10 or 11 minute song. So it was an experience. I think he was also just kind of looking for an excuse to wear that outfit. Some because Somebody walked by a store one day and was like, we got to play that song so I can wear that shit right now. I don't care what it is. We're wearing that. Yeah, I, I would wear that right now. Walk down the street. With that green lantern just blasting people in the eyes from your car. Yeah. Um, but this one was a good one. Uh, we thought it was going to be something else. What did we think it was? I don't... Uh, Number of the Beast. Not because of when they started singing it, but when the, the imagery started coming up on that screen, we figured it was going to be Number of the Beast. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, yes. It was the, the kind of hellish uh, right. scenery, but I think that was because this was the religious element of this like, song yeah it's supposed to be kind of ironic sign of the cross right but hell but the, um, i for, even though i think i was sucked in by the theater of the presentation i really did like the way this song sounded live i thought it was just bombastic and impressive yeah absolutely uh, even stuff that like doesn't that doesn't get the best reviews um like a couple of these songs people were like eh, ambivalent towards like a sign of the cross the clansman I thought live sounded great. I mean, I, I really did. I, I don't know if I was just so excited to see Maiden. I didn't care what they sang, but um, I no, I really think the songs were just good live. That you were really into it. And you and I have been to enough shows separately and together that you you can be really jacked to see a band, and if they suck, you're going to be like, "Wow, these guys really suck live." And you can instantly tell. Yeah. Yes. So you know, even though we were both pumped to see these guys, we would be critical where need be. But as as anybody yep. listening to this can tell, we're totally jocking it and. Not for nothing, but I'm not the world's biggest Maiden fan. I went because it's a classic staple of metal, and I figured I owed it to myself and to them for being a metal fan to kind of go see where the roots have come from and um, just to say that I did it. And when I got there, I was way, way, way more impressed than I had expected to be. So I've found myself looking back on it like, wow, these guys, no wonder they've been around so long kicking ass and have so many thousands and thousands and thousands of fans because they're freaking great. Yeah, dude. And, um, you know, and it was always a bucket list kind of um, uh, live show to see for me. That's part of the reason I was like, oh, maybe it won't be as good because you build something up and you build it up. But it really lived up to it. Yep, I know. I agree. All right, I just jumped ahead there towards the end of, this, of Sign of the Cross. Let's go to the okay. next song, Flight of Icarus. Flight of Icarus, yep. This is obviously about the the folklore, or the fable. Icarus flies too close to the sun, the wings burn, and he dies. I guess plummets. Right, and and this one had, I think, the coolest stage act because Bruce is running around with double flamethrowers in his sleeves or whatever had the contraption <laughs> was set up, and as he's singing, he's just hitting the button blasting like i don't know what do you think 12 foot of flame out in front of him yeah it was a, it was pretty intense just i thought those were really his arms i thought that was you thought he turned into the human torch yeah i, I was like wow i didn't know he could do that um no that was a really cool stage setup man you know what's cool enough we forgot about it. we thought the drummer was 
stuck behind like a like a, a sheet and he couldn't see out. Remember that kind of looked like he was like back in yeah. there, tucked in there. That was funny to me because it would be still funny if he was just like I don't I don't know. What if he had a quirk and he's like I don't really like to see the crowd. I just want to. It freaks me out and he has to like be shielded. He's been playing drums but, for 45 years, but he gets horrible yeah. stage fright. Right, he develops some phobia randomly, and he's like, I just can't. I'm like, okay. Also, but um, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> he has dirty plebs. I can't look at him. I can't even look at him. Um, but no, this is another, yeah, another one from Peace of Mind. Another classic Maiden song. I, a lot of people like this song. I like it. I'm telling you, Peace of Mind, man, you got to jump in on that and clearly just take clearly, it all in. All their take albums. It. I mean, they played the most from this CD, so it's. I mean. It, to them, it's got to be their favorite, I would think, or they consider it to be a crowd favorite. Yep, and you you really could make a case that it's their best album. It's not my favorite one, but you could make the case that it's the best one. All right, let's jump on to the next one. The next one here is called Fear of the Dark, mm-hmm. and this is the title track from the album Fear of the Dark. Now, for the the stage, was he was did he have a lantern on this one too? He was doing something like he's afraid of the dark. I don't recall. Could could have been on this one, but I don't recall it. Not nearly as clearly as obvious. The, uh... Yeah. Obviously, the way I did this live because the best versions of Fear of the Dark are live ones. The studio version is good, but the way he does that evil laugh and stuff with the crowd, he doesn't do that in the in the studio version. And uh, it just it's it's a perfect crowd song. I had never heard this song before the show. Do you believe that? Wow, man. Because it's awesome. I'm yep. surprised. Totally. Um, they, 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 I had a Greatest Hits. I can't remember where the live version is, but it's on a Greatest Hits album that I have. And it's so well done. It, it was... The crowd got into it just the way we did, where we were, they were they were doing the... Oh, that whole thing. Um, it's just so damn cool. So glad I did that. So at this point in this set, Phil, we're... Let's see here... We are. We're eleven songs in, so this is the eleventh song. Mm-hmm. Take me back to how you're feeling about this. Are you thinking, okay, they're probably gonna do one more, and then they're gonna call it, maybe do one or two encore, or what, where was your mind at at this point? Yeah, I mean, like I actually, I think my expectations regarding the the amount of songs they did and the time they took. I think they matched up pretty well with it, so I still had the feeling they were going to do some more. I was just thinking they've already got so many great songs, you know, I, I, it was, it's like it's like Christmas morning, oh my god, what's in this one, you know, what else are they going to do, what's the next one, you know, just kind of in that in that sort of uh, pretty relentlessly excited state of mind, I was just saying, I couldn't wait to hear the next one. Um, it makes me want to go to more Maiden shows and hear different, even, you know, other classics. It's just so, it's just so rewarding and cool, man, so I, I was... Expecting to play a lot more, I just couldn't wait to see what the next one was. Well, let's not leave anyone in suspense. The next one is an all-time classic and one I had absolutely heard a million times before, Mm -hmm. and that's Number of the Beast from Number of the Beast. Mm -hmm. And this is a just Mm all-time classic. You can't go wrong with this song. It's quintessential metal, I think. It it probably is, Mm -hmm. what do you think, one of the top... 10 most recognizable metal songs of all time absolutely and in that genre it's like if you had to pick a mount rushmore songs in that new wave of british heavy metal genre you 
this would probably have to be on it. Just, you know, album-wise, probably too, but um, this song for sure. It's just a classic in every sense of the word. Yep, and and the the setup was cool, and the crowd hadn't lost any energy, and they were going for it. Mm-hmm. And if I remember the correctly, this one, I think Bruce was just running around the whole freaking top of the stage because it was two levels, and he was running around and just going wild. And I mean... Dude, yeah, and it... You know, it's too, one thing I noticed too that I liked so much was how into it the crowd was. The people we were around were singing every word of every song. Just yep. absolute dedication. You know what I mean? It's just, it was so damn cool. And oh, and they and they all went wild when this came on because it's you almost you know they're gonna play this right. You almost kind of know they're gonna play Number of the Beast, but you don't know when. You know, I feel like it's that it gotta be one of those songs. Now, did you think when he was gonna do the the I'm, I'm trying to think of the perfect word to describe because I have a perfect... I, I want this word to accurately describe what I mean. I think I'm going to go with... When he was about to do that quintessential introductory scream. Yeah. That's... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that is completely iconic. That's the word. That iconic... Sc- you sure it wasn't scrum lesson? <laughs> <laughs> When he's going to do that <laughs> iconic scrumptrelescent scream, I was a little nervous. I said to myself, okay, here we go. We're going to see if he's still got yeah. it. And, right. you know, uh, to be totally honest, I do think it was not as good as the album by like maybe 5 or 10%. It was amazing, but not perfect. Right. Um, you know, it's, I always think it's about as good as you could ask the guy to do. Yes. You know, live. Right. It had nothing uh, to do with age. It had everything to do with being a human being. Yeah, it's it's a yeah exactly. Uh, and yeah, and you're thinking if there's gonna be a spot where he sounds a little eh, not quite himself, this is gonna be it. But he really didn't. It wasn't noticeably, except maybe a tiny bit. But it, it was it was still really really impressive and awesome. I agree completely, so my brother. Watching me in the mist, the figures move and twist. Yeah, that's a great one. That whole album's cool, man. I really wish they would have done 22 Acacia Avenue. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Oh, man. So damn good. I don't think I have heard of that. Please play that for yourself. All right, well, I will do that after this. But right now, All I right. am going to play you the next song they played, which is Iron Maiden by Iron. So, oh, yes. Phil, tell, tell the folks at home how classic of a story we have here. It's so it's so good. So you know, I felt a little embarrassed because I've been listening to Maiden forever, and you were like, "Hey, Phil, what's this?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm not quite sure." And in my head, I was like, "I think this is just Iron Maiden from Iron Maiden." Like I haven't heard the song in so long, and then so I hadn't told you that yet. What I what I kind of figured it was. So you asked some guy in front of you what this song was, and he was like, "Are you serious?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah." And he's like, "It's Iron Maiden." So we look like the biggest <laughs> noobs ever at Iron Maiden. We didn't recognize the, not the title track, but like the track of the band. We didn't recognize the song Iron Maiden by the band Iron Maiden, but we're big, you know, big Maiden <laughs> From fans. From arguably though. the <laughs> most <laughs> famous album they have. And it's the, it's right. the closer right. of the main set. And, and yes, I ask you, hey, do you know this song? And you, you have an inkling. And as I lean forward, tap the shoulder, and pull the attention of a man in front of me, at no point do you stop to interrupt and suggest, <laughs> hey, Alex, I'm pretty sure this one's Iron Maiden. 
in the back of my head, I was like, man, if this is Iron Maiden, like I think it is, this is going to be so embarrassing. <laughs> well, oh, we're a piece so of good. shit. I always knew it. So, yeah. Well, set you up for failure. I was like, watch this asshole. Watch, he's going to ask him. The guy's going to be like, you're a moron. And he's going to be like, well, this guy's a complete that was toolbox. All right, so so they yes. we'll we'll cut that one off and we'll talk about now they they leave the stage, everybody's devastated and thinking this is going to be you know the end of it and we're we're tired and of course they're never going to come back out and of course no one thought that at all and they come back out and what do you think they were gone for two or three minutes I mean they were they were awesome they didn't make us wait long. No 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 we all knew the deal they knew the deal they knew we knew and it. they've only they done right probably back what do you think since 1980 something or 79 they've been doing this 700 yes. maybe a thousand different concerts Nerds. so you know I, I think they right. figured out how it worked but they came out of the break and the first thing they played out of the encore was on the encore rather was the evil that men do by seventh son of a seventh son and I could mm-hmm. sit here right now and listen to this whole fucking song with you because I love this song. It's one of my favorites from them. Uh, I just, it's got a beautiful opening riff. It's got a very just soaring chorus when he goes lives on and ah, you know that whole deal. Um, I love the way I love the lyrics. The evil that men do lives on. I mean, it's just, it's such a maiden thing to say, yeah. you know. And it's just the way they hit it is so. It's a it's a pretty song, and it's just yeah, badass too. Jump ahead and see if I can get it chorus here before we go to the next song because it's just so I think this was the one of maybe all of them that I I enjoyed singing along with most with the crowd I think everybody because in part it came out of the break from the into the encore and because of the notability of it it was just everybody was on board I love this one yeah and you have to sing along this one I think this one and two minutes to midnight or my favorite yep. to sing. Yep. Um, God, so good. So they co- they go from the Linda. evil that men do, and that's on Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, as I said. And then they jump into the number of the beast again, which is. Well, you know what? Now that I'm looking at this, Phil, I think it was tied. I was wrong. It's tied four and four, peace of mind, and number of beast. Mm. And here's why: there's two songs left in the, in the concert, and they're both from Number of the Beast. So. Oh, because they do Run to the Hills and then Halloween. In reverse order. The next one. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think you might be right they do then. Do Be Thy Name next. Uh, and then uh, they finished off with Run to the Hills. Okay. Um, but how how legit was that? Though? Oh, my God. So, yeah, when you talk about crowd singers, you know, everybody's right. leaving the, the concert and Run to the Hills. So we'll, we'll get to that one. So this one's Hallowed Be Thy Name, Off Number of the Beast. What did you think of this one? I love this song a lot. Uh, it's a, another big time Maiden classic. Uh, I'm so glad they went with it. I was not expecting them to play that. I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, but I was a little surprised that they chose it. I, I'm not really sure why, but I love it. It's it's just a somber, again, another quintessential Maiden theme. You know, you have to be hanged. You know, it's it's just a it's just a really metal topic, um, and it has like a you know, it has, I'm not sure what to, how to describe. It was like a Johnny Cash feel to me, you know, with just the way he sings it, the, like the how slow it is. Um, but it obviously, it picks up and becomes, you know, there's a lot of great riffage in it. Right. But yeah, I just, 
I just love it. I just I think it's it's a, it's a classic Maiden song. Great song, but it paled Absolutely. in comparison to the closer, which is Run to the Hills. And I think everybody in the, in the whole stadium was singing, and probably everybody because of the nature of you know the last one that you hear gets stuck in your head most. Walking out of the auditorium was singing, mm-hmm. the, you know, the chorus to Run to the Hills. Of course, yeah, and it's another one of those songs where you almost feel like, of course they're going to play that. Like, of course they're going to play Run to the Hills. Like, not that you could predict it with a, with a band with such a discography and such a long catalog of songs. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to feel like any songs inevitable. But closest to that would be like Number of Beasts and Run to the Hills, which are also both in the same album, which is kind of cool. Because uh, it's just, it's like what everyone knows. When you hear Iron Maiden, the first song, the, even the casual person would think, would think of it was probably Run to the Hills. Right. And I have one last time I'm going to flip-flop on this because I'm mentally challenged, but I have figured it out conclusively. I'm wrong. Now I'm right. It is four songs from Peace of Mind, three songs from Number of the Beast. Okay. Because Number of the Beast sure? had Number of the Beast, Hallowed Be Thy Name, and Run to the Hills. Okay. Iron All Maiden right. was from the album Iron Maiden. Yes. So not only did I not know the song Iron Maiden by the band Iron Maiden, but it was from the <laughs> album Iron Maiden. Yeah, and once again, I didn't correct you. Although this time, I just went with it. I was like, all right, I guess he's right. I don't mind looking at it. But, um, <laughs> yes. Thank you for saving me for you, myself. Uh, yeah, where we're going to have one, dipshit. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> well, so right. let's let's wind down the tunes. Let's put some ribbon on this thing. And then I, I do think we need to give a kind of a tip of the cap to the opener, which was the Raven Age. And that seems like the band that... Iron Maiden said, you know, uh, you're from the UK, we're from UK, and we like helping bands out that are growing and doing good stuff. So they picked them. And I think you and I both had similar sentiments about the Raven Age. They were there touring on their album Conspiracy. So uh, while we talk about this, I'll play Betrayal of the Mind from that album and maybe some other different samplings. But what did you think of that band, Phil? And then I'll give my thoughts. Okay, yeah, overall, um, you know, I, I think I... I think the singer's good. There was a little bit of, like, a... I don't know if... There's, like, a dragging feeling at times. But overall, I really thought they were talented. They had some really nice riffs, really nice hooks. Um, it was really catchy. It had a very classic feel. I guess power metal slash that new wave of British heavy metal. Sort of maybe a hybrid of that, if you wanted to call it that. Um... I would definitely listen to an album, you know. I, I would have no problem even probably buying one and listening to it. Uh, I, I bet it'd be pretty good. Like I, th- I think they're pro- they're you know they're probably a pretty legit band. So I, they're definitely worth checking out. I think anybody who likes metal should check out that band. I'm gonna flow into track four from their latest album, "The Day the World Stood Still." Here, my thoughts are as follows. They were there playing for, you know, of course, as the crowd is filling in, it's not the energy is not the same as when Maiden takes a stage yeah. and it's a packed house. So you have that element. And the mm-hmm. other element is I think the musicianship was excellent. It was catchy. It was almost poppy at times. It was easy to nod your head to. I think the drumming was really solid and the guitar solos were excellent. And... I had I have two criticisms. First, I think the vocalist, for whatever reason, lacks the energy 
the, that the rest of the band presented. It just doesn't seem that maybe it, not that he is incapable of it because I can't say that for sure. But the the meth the vocal style is not as high energy as the music. And yeah, we said the meth. Right? The meth was not that good. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly, the, all the rest of the band takes great coke, and he just was <laughs> not doing that. So perhaps he smokes pot and nobody else does in the band and Bruce, you know, hates him for it. Um, and the second thing is, I just thought that their track selection and ordering was somewhat strange. Like I felt as though the third to last and second to last songs that they played were way better than the last song that they played. So I don't know why they made that selection in their lineup, but it just seemed to me like they could have done a better job ending on a higher note than the way that they did yeah but yeah i, I mean you know but i also went in there i had never i had no expectations so i was like well they're not there at all i mean I, I, the disc when i said dragging feeling i think that's kind of what in the same i think we're getting the similar feeling of like there's a there's a disparity i guess or a disconnect between the singer and the band even though he's good and they're good there's a different kind of right approach it felt like yes even. yes yes i agree it just almost didn't really sound like a dance together one, one was doing a salsa and one was doing a tango right even though like i said the singer is good it's not like he's not good but but yeah i would try i would like to listen to their studio stuff and really give them a, a real shot you know see what the deal is right because i bet it's pretty good so all in all the raven age go out and support them younger band newer band starting out well i mean they're obviously opening for maiden so they've been around a while but nowhere near to the level that maiden is at and maiden is maiden so you know what do you what do you think phil basically maiden metallica ozzy mm. you know the big three probably still living dio's gone lemmy's gone so I know. it's basically those guys and they did not disappoint i would i felt really really blessed to be able to go to this tour in particular i hope anybody listening to this who's considering going buys tickets and goes because they played 16 tracks, which I think they think are the best 16 tracks that they have from a varied assortment, their whole discography. They weren't pushing a new album where you get five tracks that you don't really care for jammed down your throat. And that Yeah, I was surprised because I thought they do have a recent a pretty recent album. Right. I, they did the Book of Souls tour last time. So we got lucky and we just got to see the tour, the legacy of Iron Maiden, the legacy of the beast. And that was awesome. I'm super, super, super pumped because we never would have heard. I don't think, I don't think we would have ever heard the flight of Icarus on a book of souls mm -hmm. tour. We probably wouldn't have heard revelations. Um, True. You, I don't think he would have, you know, you, you probably, probably would have heard the trooper, but you probably wouldn't have heard the Klansman, which was really good. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't have heard revelations. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting wh where they would have had to have cut to put in Book of Souls stuff or or right. whatever insert new album here. Definitely. So that worked out great. And the and um, yeah, I don't want to repeat myself, but they were great. They were great. Yeah, absolutely. The only something I, song I wish they would have played, and you're always gonna have songs you wish they would have played, especially with a band that's got that many songs. Uh, is Infinite Dreams. That's like one. Of, that might be my favorite Iron Maiden song. Yeah, well, they should have played a little-known gem called Passchendaele. 
They hate Passchendaele. They said that anyone who likes Passchendaele is a fucking idiot. We also didn't mention that in between every song, I screamed, Play Passchendaele! Passchendaele. <laughs> you said, like, Passchendaele. And I think you said, I think you said one, in between one of the songs, you said something like, uh, oh, no, when they took a break for the encore, you said, oh, they're back there relearning Passchendaele so they can come out and play it. <laughs> That's it. Right. Like, we haven't played Passchendaele in 12 years. We, we um, got to go do that for that been. one clown out there who doesn't know the name Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden from Iron Maiden. <laughs> right. But he wants to hear passionate. <laughs> he's gonna... <laughs> yeah, his opinion means a lot. All right. Well, Phil, I don't think I have anything else to say. We put a nice no. bow on that. It was a hell of a show. Go out and see him. Go support him. What do you got to say about it? Please go see them if you haven't. Uh, and you think, oh, you know, whatever. They're, maybe they're not as good. They are absolutely as good as they sound in the studio. You will not be disappointed at one bit. Uh, if they're one of your, one of those bands you've always wanted to see, do yourself a favor and just go do it. You will not at all regret the decision. Awesome. You're the man. Hey, I'm glad you took the time to do this with me. I hope people out there enjoyed a little bit of a inside the inside the auditorium, inside the arena look at a concert review we went to, and, and I'm so glad you came down. We got to do that together, brother. So, until next time, this is the Great Heavy Music Podcast with Alex Peterson, Phil Collins, and keep rocking.